Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dakhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sounds good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Scott Schober. How are you doing, Scott? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> I'm doing great. And thanks for having me on. I am in actually central New Jersey, right outside of New York City, about 40 minutes in Metuchen, New Jersey. That's our headquarters of our business, Berkeley Baritronic Systems, and doing well. Fantastic. Wonderful. Scott Schober is the president and CEO of Berkeley uh, Baritronic Systems, a 50-year-old New Jersey-based provider of advanced world-class wireless test and security solutions. He's the author of three best-selling security books, Hacked Again, Cybersecurity is Everybody's Business, and senior cyber. And I think your mission to help companies with your expertise in cybersecurity and wireless technology is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Scott. Yeah, honored to be here with you. Look forward to a nice little chat. Yay. Shall we get to it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So first I'm interested in who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Wow. We've got a lot of clients, but but lately, especially with all the cyber breaches and problems, um, we're selling a lot to U.S. government customers, DOD agencies, FBI, Secret Service, uh, Army, you name it. And then all the other prime contractors, large companies that supply the U.S. government, which is tons of them around the globe, really to secure the different skips where they house classified information, where Any type of wireless, a phone or Bluetooth or Wi-Fi can be a threat to classified information. So that that's kind of been a, a real growth spot of our business the past few years, especially as we hear in all the all the uh, headlines, all the different breaches that are targeting so many different agencies. It's a constant problem. And, and they've got a tough challenge because so many people are trying to compromise security these days every which way we can imagine. So the challenge has actually gotten harder in some ways than in the past, but we're making little dents in it, which is kind of the exciting uh, part of it. Right. So, um, you know, if I would ask you what what are common mistakes they make when trying to solve that kind of problem, would that be kind of like uh, very dangerous to go into that territory? Or um... No, I, I, I could share from, from the, the most common innocent thing that happens, and this is true. Um, is people just, they're employees and they walk from one space to another, not even realizing it. And their phone is in their back pocket. It's in their backpack. They thought they left it in the car, but it's in their purse. And they come in and out of these secure spaces and they forget. So the, the, the good news is the vast majority of our tools, they're stopping wireless threats that are innocently sneaking into places. In other words, it's not a bad guy going in, a terrorist trying to steal you know, plans for a nuclear bomb or something like that. It's that fraction of a fraction of a small percent where 
it's covert and hidden on a person, a phone is taken apart and reassembled inside, and they use the camera and other other means to collect data and things. Those threats are serious, and we want to stop them. And that that's where our tools really become powerful. But we're just looking for that that one instance where a bad guy's trying to get in, that we can have the upper edge and catch them early on before they can go down the line and actually do some serious damage and affect national security. Very important. So I'm curious. Um, so you're speaking about, you know, this, most of it is kind of like the human factor in the equation, so to speak. And uh, so what would be kind of like an advice for, you know, folks out there to tell their uh, employees and uh, their workers, you know, how to, to handle or be careful? What What is one thing that you feel is, uh, is uh, is a good advice in general well I, i think is is not to underestimate how much we actually control our security footprint and we have a cybersecurity posture and a lot of times we're just not realizing the basic things that we're doing or not doing can have such a dramatic impact and and when i just reflect back on some of the major breaches and just about all of them it goes back to the human element And you say, geez, this could have been prevented if they just did this. And what do I mean by just did this? Oftentimes, what we hear and we hate it, but long passwords. Long, strong passwords are hard to hack. It's the difference between a password that is six characters, even if it's very complex versus one that's 12 or 15 characters, could be the difference of hacking into in a matter of seconds versus a matter of years. Just when we realize that and put it into perspective, we think about it a little bit differently and say, wow, it is important to create a long, strong password. And then in, on top of that, I always encourage people think about layers of security. And I love to relate this just to, to physical security because it's something we all get. If we live in a house or apartment. We have locks on the door. We have alarms. We have cameras and so on and so forth. Layers of security that will divert a thief to go down to the next house and rob them and not our house, hopefully. Same with cybersecurity. So besides just having that long, strong password, what do we need to do? Implement multi-factor authentication. It's free. It's not that complex. It's not as convenient. It takes a little bit of time, but we got to balance that trade-off, security versus convenience. When we start doing those things and take security on, It starts taking a little bit of that innocence and the human element out of it and actually makes a difference. They move on to another target, the cyber criminals, and allows us to focus on what we have to focus on. Those are just a couple simple basic elements that are in our control and don't cost us anything. Yet still, the majority of people are not doing it. Um, and probably the third thing I'll just throw in there because it parallels it so nicely, password reuse. We've all heard it. Don't reuse the same password over and over again on multiple login sites. You know, my, my Facebook password should not be the same password as my banking account password. Yet again, more than 50% of all computer and internet users are still reusing the same password again and again and again. I was on a radio program yesterday just discussing the cybercrime radio. It was interesting. It was an older gentleman in his, uh, I think about mid seventies, his Facebook account was hacked. So they brought me on mm -hmm. to just share some basic tips and things. And one of the first things I asked, do you reuse your same password across multiple sites? Well, yes. Uh, did, did you use multi-factor authentication? Well, no. So if the basics are not being done, and then what happens is we look ahead and say, 
they're worried about, you know, monitoring and this and that and all these other things in dark web, more complex things. How are we going to handle that if we can't handle the basics? So sometimes back up from it instead of spending money to have a magic bullet to solve it, focus on what we have in our power to control our own security and we'll have a much better chance to fight back. Wow. Thank you for sharing these, these wonderful insights and also giving us, you know, the opportunity to really take note about these things. Super important. Uh, so we don't get hacked. Right. So appreciate it. So before I ask Scott, uh, what is one valuable free resource, um, you know, uh, that you can direct um, people to that will help with uh, that kind of issue. Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you're enjoying uh, the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So, Scott, what is one valuable free resource um, that you can direct people to that might help with that kind of issue or maybe also in a broader sense? Well, certainly with related to cybersecurity things, I direct a lot of people to my website. And, and why do I say that? It's because I put a lot of things out there that don't cost money. I'm not trying to sell you something per se. I'm trying to really educate. Education, I feel, in cybersecurity is one of the most important things, and it is lacking in many areas. So I have up there uh, downloadable PDFs with just common tips that people can read in simple language and they can implement without, again, going out there and having to spend a lot of money. These are resources that help all of us. Even with uh, seniors, I put together a senior activity book, which is really more of, again, awareness and education, understanding what some of these weird acronyms and terms are in the world of cybersecurity so seniors can feel comfortable with them and not feel intimidated. And that way they can, again, make a stronger stance against these cyber criminals. And those things are downloadable on my website, scottschober.com. And, and I have an email there and people actually every day will email me with questions and I'm happy to answer. I'm a real person. I do answer the questions. It takes me a little time when I get hit with a lot of questions from many, many people around the world. Um, but I enjoy trying to help people and educate them and point them to resources and things that are already out there that a lot of times we're just not aware of, such as reporting cyber crimes and other links and other great resources. So feel free to use the email form on there and shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Fantastic, Scott. Thank you for sharing. And, uh, you know, you're, you're not a bot, right? So you're not <laughs> kind of like you're a real person. And I appreciate that. And that you're taking care and educate uh, folks about uh, these kinds of uh, very important issues. And it's also good to have something like that, uh, you know, kind of like a cyber cheat sheet at hand. So what can I do really? So please go to Scott's uh, website. We're going to put the link in the show description uh, so folks can check it out. All right. So, Scott, um, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? Wow. Um, it, it's kind of an embarrassing question, but I always back up and ask myself, are we doing enough? Are we making a difference in the world of cybersecurity? And what do I mean by that is go back a number of years ago, and I think back, especially the, the line in the sand for myself was 2013 when the target breach happened. That seemed, at least for myself here in the United States, was an eye-opener because I was talking about cybersecurity prior to that, and pretty much all my audience was very technical. It was engineers I'm speaking to for the most part, guys in IT. They really knew computers. They were geeks. Anyone outside of that, it was complete deer in a headlight. When I would talk to them, I would share a term. You talk about 
DDoS or multi-factor authentication or anything else. And they said, what are you talking about? Or they'd go, uh-huh, and they'd walk away and say, this guy's kind of crazy. He's rambling off all his computer geek speak. After 2013, when it started to affect people's pockets and purses and bank accounts and credit cards, they started to say, wow, this is a bigger problem than I thought. What can we do about it? And especially from that moment when I started to do a lot of digging and research about credit cards, I learned about skimmers. And that was fascinating for me. And it drove me nuts for years how cyber criminals could insert skimmers in gas pumps, in uh, money machines, ATMs, and many other point of sale terminals, and basically steal our credit cards. And it happened to me several times in parking garages and other things without us even knowing it. The transaction goes through normally, yet they get a copy of our credit card. Then they go to this mysterious dark web and they sell it and make money on selling our credit card and our stolen credentials. Drove me insane. So then as I backed up and started doing research, I realized, you know what? Maybe we could make a difference. And that research eventually led to several products that we developed to combat and actually go after cyber criminals and find skimmers that are placed in these gas pumps and ATMs. And it really all a skimmer is, is a second magnetic read head that reads that mag stripe on the back of a card. It's most problematic in the United States because we're decades behind on security, unfortunately, here. And these little tools we developed, a skim scan and a blue sleuth for Bluetooth skimmers and regular traditional skimmers are being now used throughout the nation to rid all of these cyber criminals that have the upper edge. And they're pulling out because of our tools, finding skimmers every single day. Um, So those are the type of things that. I guess when you kind of look in that crystal ball and saying, you know, I wish I would have known back then what I know now and developed tools earlier, we could have made it more of a difference. But at least we're we're addressing the problem now more effectively and getting the upper edge. It's kind of exciting. It sounds very exciting. So I'm really intrigued by that already. So that there there are, you know, folks like you um, supporting that and making it a mission to really um, make us safe, feel safer uh, in our daily um, things that we do. And uh, we don't think about so much, but it's it's getting clearer and clearer that it's so important uh, to to be aware of these cyber attacks. So thank yeah. you for sharing. Wonderful. I think, I think it is very important. And and again, the education side, I think, is, is integral in this. In the process of doing my research and developing products, I started to reach out to other people to learn about the industry. I actually went down, I got training, went down to Florida uh, with National Weights and Measures, which has has a, um, a organization in each state and, and chapters nationally. And we actually got training working with law enforcement, National Weights and Measures to go through multiple gas stations and look for signs for skimmers and get the training on it. They, in turn, brought me into a skimming task force where I can work to help to educate. And, and after that, I was able to actually train different individuals on some of our tools. We developed testers where we actually put skimmers inside of boxes and teach people how to identify and locate them, both visually, physically, and then electronically and wirelessly, which is kind of cool. And I was brought in and trained uh, even the, the U.S. Secret Service, which was kind of flattering to be able to work with agents and explain some of these things over a three-day period Um To me, that was exciting because a lot of it was I learned so much information and that's great. 
But what good is information if you can't share it with others? Once you start to share it with others, you kind of empower them to now fight back. So now I feel like I'm working with other great groups of law enforcement to combat this growing problem of cybercrime. Wonderful. So, and I can feel your passion about that. And uh, as you know, we, we spoke uh, briefly before uh, this interview about that. I also love, you know, the passion also that you also still have your father Uh, in your family business as the CTO today. And, uh, you know, it's all about the family here on uh, this show. And this brings me to my final question. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Oh, it was kind of, it was kind of fun this past weekend. I have a cabin up North actually next to my father. We're on a, on a lake on top of a mountain. It's all frozen. The temperature so, actually... So so uh, there's Shoba dad and Shoba Scott. Yeah. And it's like, ironic. We're kind of in the middle of the lake on an Island. There's only 10 other houses, two bridges that go over. So it's very private. It's relaxing. That's kind of my getaway. If I have to write, if I have to think to deal with things. So it's, it's a lot of fun from a, a perspective of spending time with family. That's kind of the spot where all the family and relatives congregate and friends. So we can enjoy that between the two properties And uh, and having that common lake is fun. But the temperature plummeted last weekend. It was down to actually, I think it was minus three degrees at one point, which is very uncommon. Usually, you know, we'll be in the 20s maybe. So it was more than 20 degrees colder than the coldest it's ever been, I guess, up there. And my pipes froze, even with the heat working and everything else. So I spent two days, Saturday and Sunday, all day with my father trying to understand and re-engineer three zones because it's, it's a three-story house that we have there and get it to work and finally success. And we just wouldn't give up. We tried everything, trying to understand how to unfreeze it with mini heaters and pumps and this and that. So, but, but I think the important thing that I learned from it is if you have persistence and you have a passion to make something work and solve problems, whether it's in business, whether it's in family, in life, you can do it, but you don't have to do it alone. So it was nice to work alongside my father, who's got years of, of experience running a business, teaching me through my life lessons, the good and the bad. He always joked around and said, you know, learn from me. Don't do the, the mistakes that I made, but do the good things. So it was kind of fun to have that moment to really spend together and learn how to fix this crazy system. And, and in the process, I started to say, geez, I could now engineer and design a complete HVA system, but done properly. Things are not designed to be maintained. They're designed designed to be quick install, profitability. And I, I look at it from an engineering perspective and then also a business perspective and a homeowner's perspective. So it was a nice eye opener for me. So I get goosebumps uh, when you're talking about this, because from my perspective, it's all about, you know, um, the, the legacy that carries on in you. And it is uh, very much apparent And uh, so thank you for sharing this wonderful story of your family, even if it was a little bit cold and freezing. But uh, I think uh, it's really the, the legacy aspect that uh, just uh, caught me in the moment right now. And uh, so I'm really thankful for sharing this wonderful Goosebumps um, memory with your family. Thank you, Scott, for our conversation. Yeah, so thanks for the conversation. Yeah, appreciate it. And then look forward to hearing and listen to some of your episodes prior to joining, which was awesome. So I think that's important that people reach out, connect, 
give you a great rating and listen to your show because there's a lot to be learned. So it's inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're too kind. So it was really a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you shared with us today. So thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.